From the Madison Metropolitan School District, this is Lead to Liberate, a podcast documenting stories of inspiration, growth, and empowerment across our schools. I just really love that music. Wow, it gets me going every time. Welcome back to our listeners. I am Dr. Carlton D. Jenkins, the proud superintendent of Madison Metropolitan School District, and you are here with us on Lead to Liberate. Each week, I've been bringing you an outstanding, outstanding staff member. This week, we have an opportunity to hear from one of our very own, starting elementary school here, middle school, high school, went off to college, went to HBCU, came back, and now one of our associate superintendents often referred to as the baby superintendent. Now, we have with us today, Ms. Coletra Stanford. How are you today, Ms. Stanford? I am great. How are you, Dr. Jenkins? I'm, I'm doing well. Hey, uh, we've been hearing about all the work that you're doing now, knowing that you're a former student, you came back as a teacher, as a principal of my elementary school, Mendota, okay? And that's an inside <laughs> joke, but that's my elementary school, Mendota. Uh, how are things going for you now? Have you gone from a teacher, principal, now you're the associate superintendent. Yes, so I am a proud graduate of East High School, go per Golders, and um, just happy to be back in my hometown. Um, I often joke and say that I am from Madison, but I was actually born in Marks, Mississippi, but I had the opportunity to matriculate through MMSD schools, and so I started here um, in first grade, I believe it was, and went all the way up to high school. Um, when I decided to come back as a teacher, I originally did not want to be a teacher. Um, I often tell the story that my dream was to be a pediatrician, but everything that I did pointed towards students and um, working with students and working with families. So when I had the opportunity to come back home, I did jump at that opportunity and started my educational career in MMSD at what was then Glendale Elementary School, but is now Dr. Henderson Elementary School. So I started off as a classroom teacher. Um, I was then a literacy coach, worked my way up to a Title I school-wide facilitator, and then became a principal of an elementary school that just happened to be the elementary school that I attended, Gompers Elementary School. Wow, that's it, wow, that is really awesome. Now you say you came back. Yes. Where did you go to college? Oh, how could I even forget that? I went to the Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia, and so just a proud graduate of that HBCU. And so um, I also attended University of Wisconsin-Madison as well, where I earned my master's. Wow, and I understand right now that you're pursuing your doctorate degree yes. from? From Edgewood College, and okay. so I'm working on my doctorate right now. Um, who, uh, yeah, that's quite the journey. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work, but um, I am in it to win it. And so I'm just trying to matriculate through that programs right now. So then you will call me Dr. Stanford the next time we have a conversation. Oh, most definitely, <laughs> most definitely. We're looking forward to calling you Dr. Stanford. But I just tell you right now, it's so exciting to have this opportunity to have you on Lead to Liberate because we talk in MMSD. We talk about the things that's real on this show. We go right into it. We talk about the disparities. But we know that we have a lot of wonderful things that's going on in MMSD. Absolutely. And you have been part of making those things happen. We know the disparities are real as we look at the nation, first of all. The nation's at 35% proficiency rate. Yes. Right? Uh, we look at the state of Wisconsin right there, relatively close to the 35. 
uh, percent, 34.99 percent proficiency rate. And then we look at MMSD at 37 percent proficiency rate. But even within the 37 percent, even within the 35 percent, there are still disparities. But we are concerned that it's a national crisis around reading. What have you done? What are you doing? And how you plan to lead MMSD in the future around this particular topic? Well, what we are doing is we are working closely with the people who are on the front lines, right? So we're working closely with the teachers, the folks who are in the classroom. We're looking at what are those systems and structures that we need to, to change um, so that we can make sure that our students are thriving and matriculating when they're in our classrooms in MMSD. And that's not just about curriculum, that's also about social emotional learning, that's about the way in which we see students when they step into the classroom, how are we greeting them, how are we interacting with them, how are we partnering with families. And so it's not just about one thing, it's about paying attention to the whole child and the whole family. And it's not just something that we can do independently, but we have to be in partnership with several stakeholders. So going into the classrooms, making sure that we have the curriculum that we need so that teachers can teach the way in which they need to teach, but also making sure that we're providing the training and the professional development for staff as well. That's the most important piece. I think about um, when I was a classroom teacher and I did balanced literacy. Right, and so I really thought I was doing it. I was innovative, I was creative, right. but did I teach my kids how to read? Um, the, a, a really big thing for me was just the assessment that you take for the letters training revealed a lot of what I still need to learn wow. okay. <laughs> about, okay. All about of us. reading, right? Um, and so even going into that thinking that I knew a lot of things, I had to adjust some of my thinking as well. And that's what a lot of teachers are going through right now. They're adjusting their thinking, they're adjusting um, their practices. And one of the things is that we're there to support them in doing that. So with the instructional coaches that we've put in place, um, we also have um, coaching that we get from the curriculum that we have decided to adopt. And again, just the mindset of helping people to understand why this is the direction that we need to move in in order to move not just the test scores, but our students' ability to read, because we know that ensuring that students can read is going to open up the whole future for them. Right, and that letters training, you mentioned about the curriculum adoption, it's historic. Yes. Here in MMSD, we haven't done yes. this in over 15 years, made this serious investment in materials that's aligned with the science of reading. Tell me a little bit about that. Absolutely. How's that going? So that was quite the process as well, right? Right, <laughs> so we right. Made sure <laughs> just finding a curriculum that did align with um, the science of reading. So we didn't want to just go out and get any curriculum, but we made sure that it was aligned with the science of reading, that it was also, it had diverse materials so that students can see themselves within the materials that they were reading. Um, and it also has opportunities, again, for self or that social emotional learning is also part of that curriculum too because again we are educating the whole child so that process not only involved just folks from central office but it was also teachers it was um, the union it was parents it was community members this is I believe one of the first times in which we have adopted a curriculum where we are already seeing progress with students um, and we have staff that are excited about having this this tool because we know that it's it's just it's, what it is is a tool um, that they're able to use to assist them with teaching students how to read. 
Wow, that's powerful. Now let's let's keep it real here on Lead to Liberate. Yes. Ms. Stanford, you were the one who led our school back to in-person learning during the pandemic. And we, you did it in a very safe way. Uh, tell us about that because here we were in the pandemic, we were all virtual. People were nervous. We were learning different things from who? The World Health Organization. Yes. Schools were moving at different paces and you were charged with specifically Yes. bringing our little ones. Tell our listeners about that. Yes, so um, I won't take all the credit. I would say it was the team um, okay. that, right. that did that. And it was a lot about listening and learning, learning from the experts as far as like, what is this thing that's COVID? What are the safety precautions that we have to put into place? Also learning from other districts that might have already been doing things that we might have wanted to implement. So the, the highest priority was to ensure that we were bringing students and staff back safely. Because one thing that the pandemic did uncover for some folks that a lot of us already knew existed were the inequities within um, access that students had to various things. So we mm -hmm. needed to be sure that um, not only during virtual learning did students have access, but when we were bringing students back, how were we helping our families to understand that we were creating safe environments for them to come back to? We also knew that although we had great structures and things in place for virtual, we wanted our kids back into, in the building, and that was the best place for them to be, to get the instructional um, support that, that they needed. So again, working with the medical professionals working with MTI, working with staff, um, working with families to bring them back into school um, where we were able to provide those opportunities. So did we start off with the high school students? No, we did not. We started off with the elementary students. Oh, the and elementary we, yes, students. Yes, <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> well, what grades did you start off we with? We started off with our youngest scholars first, and we made sure that we did not just bring everybody out at one time or back at one time. We did a slow integration back into school so that we could see, again, what the needs were, um, and then making sure that students were safe um, when they came back and then we went from there. So it was, a, um, it was a strategy, an intentional strategy to have it be a slow coming back based on grades. I just think about the fact that how you brought everyone back with your team and how <laughs> you being very intentional. But let's get to it because we don't lead to liberate and we wanna talk about it, the disparities. Yes. The disparities, as I began to mention, where we are with proficiency in the nation, mm -hmm. state, but let's go straight to MMSD. Yes. Uh, we have some serious disparities. Um, how do you plan to address those with the team? The other associate superintendents, the mm -hmm. teachers, the same people that you mentioned in terms of those stakeholders. Yeah, we're we are addressing it by being bold, right? So I think that goal number three is bold. We often hear people say that I wanted to come and work for MMSD because this is the one district that I've heard call out black excellence. We're acknowledging what we have not done for a certain set of scholars and what we need to do, the systems that we need to disrupt. Often um, we find that folks are blaming family situations or, or blaming um, students and we want to look at ourselves as a district, ourselves as individuals and staff members and what are those things that we need to change in order to see 
um, a difference in the disparities that currently exist. I think one of the reasons why I wanted to come back to MMSD is that I found that some of those same disparities that exist today were there when I was in school, and that's unacceptable. So what we haven't done, what we need to do to create a school system in which we can truly say that all of our students are receiving the best possible education that we can deliver. So we have to examine and not be afraid to uncover those things that are there that we might have created as a, as a schooling system and to change it and to dismantle it and to rebuild. Wow, powerful. So now, I know that you're having meetings in your literacy advisory. Yes. Right. Tell me about those meetings because in those meetings I've been there, participated, you have staff, you have community people and everyone saying, hey, we can do this. So yes. what's the feel? What, why are you having those meetings? The feel is excitement um, because we're not just saying, hey, come and just give us some information, but we're saying come sit at the table with us to make a difference. So again, it is, like you said, their parents, their community members, there's principals, there's central office folks, and we're all coming together to really deep, take a deep dive into what has been happening in MMSD around literacy and what is it that we need to change. And we're doing it together, though, as a team rather than getting together as separate entities and just saying this is what we need to do. Wow. And I tell you, it appears that those committees are really digging in. And yes. they, they're pretty serious about what are some of the uh, causations mm -hmm. and then coming up with some of the solutions. I think the other night it was just amazing when they talked about intentionality yes. around it. They talked about the expectations and mm -hmm. just the belief that all um, of our scholars can learn. When you think back as a scholar yourself, yes. MMSD, mm -hmm. what is it that you wish you would have had that you're trying to make sure right now all students do have? That's a great question. I had great teachers when I was in MMSD, but I wish I could have had um, situations in which I knew that whatever classroom I walked into, my teacher believed in my ability to succeed. And I didn't experience that in all of my tenure in MMSD. And I want to ensure that, that students have that and that they know that there are adults that are there to assist them along their educational journey, but also that believe in what they are able to do um, and helps to spark different things and provide the access that they need to do that. Wow. Well, I tell you, uh, I'm very excited about what I see happening right now with the social superintendents. You're doing your instructional tours. Yes. Your environmental scanning. Yes. Tell me how that's going post-pandemic. You're being very intentional about going into classrooms, mm -hmm. right? Why are you there and what are you getting from it? We are there to learn and to align and to provide feedback. So we're learning from each other. We're learning from the schools. We're there to align as a team because one of the important things, if we are gonna be successful in the direction that we're going um, in leading to Liberate is that there is a comprehensive system. Um, and so that means 4K through 12th grade that we are speaking the same language. One of the biggest things that I learned um, 
in doing the environmental scans and the instructional tours is how much you can learn within a three-minute period of time. Mm, okay, okay, <laughs> you don't have great. To, you don't have to be in a classroom for 30, 45 minutes to really have an understanding of what is going on, what you're seeing, what are the great things that you're seeing, because don't get me wrong, there are phenomenal things that are happening in our classrooms across the district. And also, taking those things and then replicating those in other places as well. So what are the best practices that we're seeing and how do we replicate those across the district? Uh, what is there a professional development for yourselves in terms of as associates, you're having this intellectual agility going on? Yes. Are you learning from your associates? I am definitely learning. We are definitely pushing each other. We are questioning each other. Um, there is just phenomenal transparency in how honest we can be with what we're seeing. So. That includes when the high school associate and middle school associate is going into elementary school, as well as the elementary associates are going into high school. And I think that's a really important piece of being a team, is that we have to come together and have that trust, and have that transparency, have the questioning of each other, and also that critical push that's needed to make change. Wow, so the vertical and horizontal articulation is yes. coming, okay? Yes. I, I tell you one other thing. We talk about it right here on Lead to Liberate. Our students now, uh, when we talk about diversity, diversity, there's diversity within diversity. Yes. And our students are truly identifying themselves today uh, as, as are some of our staff in the community. The whole world is changing. How's that in terms of dressing social emotional and also making sure that students are fit to learn without feeling as though they don't feel a part of MMSD. And that's an important piece as well when we talk about student identity. So I think I mentioned before like how are we welcoming students into mm -hmm. our classrooms? How are right. we helping them to um, feel as though they belong? Yeah, I think that's very interesting when you're talking about wanted to make sure that all students are feeling like they belong in the classroom. What are those things, uh, conversations that you're doing right now, or are you all as a team, to make sure that all students mean all students? So there's intentionality around what um, schools and classrooms are doing to ensure that all students are, are and do feel welcome in the school, in the classroom that we're recognizing, um, that goes from what we're putting on the walls so that we're making sure that students see themselves in the building, that they see themselves in the classroom. And it's not just a matter um, of accepting, but it's a matter of respecting um, how students show up and what they bring. Um, differences are assets, and we need to learn from each other, and students are learning from each other in that way. Okay, right here on Lead to Liberate, we come right at it. Being a leader, talking it is one thing, doing it is another. Talk about how you're trying to educate your central office, your building principles, because leading, you have to lead. Yes. If you really want to liberate our students, how are you all doing that as associate superintendents and as a district? So as a district, we're doing a lot of equity work. So we understand that the way in which we support our schools it just can't be professional development at the school level. But as the folks who are supporting our schools, we have to have that professional development as well. So one of those ways is we are bringing central office staff together um, to do equity work. Um, we're also bringing principals together to have the opportunity to experience that same work. And then from there, 
we will go into the schools with that learning again because we we know that um, central office has to be just as prepared to support as the schools are. Wow, that's awesome. I've been in a number of districts and sometimes it just doesn't happen that way. So I really applaud the work you're doing there. We see that you're doing a lot of work and that one goal that you mentioned, goal three, why goal three? There's a lot of conversation about it. Why goal three? Um, goal three, African-American students and youth will excel. We know that um, if we are able to do that, then everyone else will rise. We also know that we have not been able, based on our data, we have not seen that yet. Our African-American students are, um, have the lowest proficiency rate for our students in MMSD, and we have to do something different. We haven't been able to do that yet. And so again, the idea is that in being extremely transparent and pointing that out, that it's out there, we know that it's there, but the question is what are we going to do about it? And that's what we're striving to do, is to make those changes within our schools, within our systems, to ensure that our students are succeeding um, and that we are reaching that goal three. Wow, that's exciting. I tell you the truth there, Ms. Stanford, just to know that a district and that your peers and yourself uh, are just really interested in moving that needle for all children, but particularly you want to be real intentional about that goal three. So we appreciate having you here on Lead to Liberate, and we thank all the listeners for joining in again. Look forward to next week. You're listening to Lead to Liberate, a podcast by the Madison Metropolitan School District demonstrating how the more we know, the more we grow.